Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm still waiting for the internet to tell me how to feel about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Seriously, can somebody tell me how to feel about that movie? I don't know how to feel about that movie. Some weird stuff happened, right? It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm not bailing you out of this. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to say anything no. or if I should just like keep no. it, stretch it out to, to the, the farthest possible length to make it the I most... think we should keep going. I think we should, we should revisit it. Should I, should I just talk about The Last Jedi now? Yes. Like, I, I just talk for an hour about The Last Jedi. Correct. You say literally nothing. Correct. So All we're right. talking about Thor. <laughs> um, it's directed by Gilderoy Lockhart. That's what people know him for. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get serious here. Let's get serious here. So today we're talking about serious. That's another Harry Potter character. Uh, by yes, the way, you're not wrong. <laughs> just just <laughs> wanted to make sure the audience was we're aware. We're talking about Thor, the not a Harry Potter character. <laughs> the fourth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guys, we're in a weird place right now. I we're in a, okay. And by that I mean I am. I don't know. <laughs> I'm semi weird place. Let's let's be candid here. We weren't paying attention to this movie this nearly as much as we movie should have. exists. And, and that's half us, because, yes. to be honest, we were talking about The Last Jedi. <laughs> because the movie baffles me, and I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's just very interesting and far more interesting. We will review The Last Jedi at some point, and it will be fascinating. We'll see how it'll probably goes. be like our, our worst episode <laughs> we're just gonna be sitting there we're like staring each, each intently episode at leading, the microphone. leading up to it we're like yeah we really want to talk about the last jedi right and then we've talked about it so, so uh, much by the time we get luke's in the movie and played by uh not harris the other mark hamill carrie fisher yeah, carrie no no fisher not her not her. No, no, not, Car- not her wait what <laughs> um long hair carrie fisher yeah, luke skywalker they're, they're, yes <laughs> so Thor <laughs> this is going to be an interesting movie because we really it's not a deep movie it's we should not. just get this out I'm, I'm, I, we haven't even gotten through like the reviews or anything yet but I just uh, we are not like super invested in talking about this right now so I'm curious how long this which, which is weird because for the longest time this was one of my favorite Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe movies and at least a little. Uh, yeah, it's yes. not bad I would argue no it's not bad but it's just very bland yeah um but yeah it's directed by Kenneth Branagh most famously known for playing Gilderoy Lockhart I don't, I don't think that's actually in, what he's most in famous. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets correct also he played Dr. Loveless and Wild Wild West starring <laughs> Will Smith that's what he's most famous for that movie's strange missing his legs he's in like a motorized wheelchair thing but it's the old west and he's uber racist and there's a back and forth between him and will smith where they just keep insulting each other for their different things like like he's constantly just throwing racist jokes at or puns at him and then he's will smith's making fun of him because he's got no legs that's a weird movie also there's a bit where Will Smith cross-dresses and tries to do a dance for <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's character. Never watch Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure of mine. No one should ever watch that movie. 
So Thor. <laughs> All right. So it came out in 2011. It has a 77% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 76% audience score. And that is higher than both The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. Interesting. Now, Tyler, what's your best thing and your worst thing about Thor? If you can... <laughs> I was going to say, if you can manage to even talk about Thor for at least 10 seconds. So, my, my best thing, Thor, see, he, he holds the hammer, picks it up. <laughs> Hammer. My worst thing is when he does it. Like he can't. He's trying, but it's it's not. Thor's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> what a wuss! Can't even pick up the hammer. That's his shtick. He picks up the hammer. Well, actually, it's a hammer. It's not a stick. But shtick. in the comics, he's shtick. Just, he, Come on. He has a stick, and then it turns into a hammer. But that's not. Why are we this still talking? <laughs> we'll see you no, guys um, next time. <laughs> I mean, my, my best thing is probably actually no. I, I I can give a legitimate best thing. Um, there's a little scene where, uh, it's, I believe it's right after Thor gets captured, sort of, kid, arrested by S.H.I.E.L.D.? Held in containment? I don't know what... Apprehended. Yes, there we go. Um, and there's a scene where, where Stalin Skarsgård and Natalie Portman and... Girl. Um. Kat Dennings. Yeah. Her. I don't remember her name in the movie. <laughs> I feel like I should. It's not Roxy. No, it's. We'll call it. That's fine though. I think we can we can work with that. <laughs> Just call it Roxy. <laughs> Darcy. Yeah. I'm gonna call it Roxy. <laughs> I think that. that would be... <laughs> no. Um. They they're all they, legitimately they're they're all discussing kind of the the overall um impact I guess of of Thor arriving and the fact like whether or not they believe that he's actually thor and like there's a there's a great little it's just a, a quick little scene but there's a great little little repartee between natalie portman and stella skarsgård where they're like oh, you know we're uh skarsgård's like no nah, it's not thor that's it's all made up and then natalie portman's like well you, you know what if it, what if it is though like we, we can't rule out the possibility and like talk about science and magic i don't know it's a nice scene um I think overall that's that's kind of one of the biggest things this movie did for the MCU is kind of introduce Thor in a way that didn't completely like break everything yeah. and Asgard in general. I guess that would be my best thing overall is just that they, they actually, they did a very good job of making it very high, not highbrow, um, high fantasy, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Um, but they did a very good job of, of kind of melding the science and the, the magical nature and the fact that like it's like, oh, well, it's just advanced science or whatever. And and that combining into a, a thing that kind of melds pretty well within the actual Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe at large. So probably my best thing. Um, my worst thing just be that the movie's pretty boring. <sighs> I mean, yeah. I feel like I should have something more specific than that, but it's just... Is this... We've been weird with some of our choices for best and worst yeah, things before. Is this the most formulaic Marvel movie? When you talk about people bashing the Marvel movies for being formulaic? I don't think that... Because, again, we've talked about this. I don't think that criticism holds a whole lot of water once you get past the Avengers, aside from maybe, like, your occasional Ant-Man and Doctor... Like, the origin stories, I think, for the most part, you can you can argue that, that they do follow kind of a pattern. Very simple storytelling, for the most part, usually. Um, but this one is just so, like... Well, I think... I don't know. 
one thing that some of the other movies that are accused of this, they tried to make the at least the supporting characters a bit more interesting. Yeah. Just everyone's just so bland in this other than like Thor and Loki. Yeah. And Loki's just Tom Hiddleston kind of shining through that role. Yeah. I, I think the writing for Loki in this one's kind of weak compared I to I agree. what we get in yeah, future movies. Definitely. And of course they didn't know what they had with him sure. at this point. Sure. But still, it's... The acting in general is kind of strange in this movie. Like, uh, we talk about this a little bit, but Kenneth Branagh is more known for Shakespearean kind of projects, I guess, in general, you could say. Yeah. And it... <sighs> these are not... These just don't feel like actors who are up for what he's trying to ask of them. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of yelling when it's not really necessary. Um, well, it feels like they brought him on because of his sensibilities. It's like, oh, Thor, it's more yeah. of a classical, you know high yeah. drama type thing yeah but it's really not a good match well especially because it's a fish out of water story yes maybe if it was all in asgard and it's all about like the politics going on there or something yeah. maybe that would work better but yeah. i don't know and this, yeah i would argue and even still i don't specifically like some of the action scenes and the general look and feel of asgard like it's fine but i feel like there's room for improvement oh yeah um and i, I would argue I don't really remember remember if what Anthony Hopkins does in Thor: The Dark World if he gets anything. I don't remember, um, but I would argue Loki's performance in Thor: The Dark World and Chris Hemsworth's performance that guy's performance Chris Pratt yes in um, Chris Evans in Thor: Ragnarok are, are Christopher Reeve both far and away better performances than what they give in this. Um, I, I don't... How much is Loki in Thor Ragnarok? I don't remember. I, I haven't watched this since it came out in theaters. We'll get to it. Um, but... At some point. But I feel like I remember... I have not also not seen Thor The Dark World in a long time. But I feel like I remember him being kind of the standout of that movie. Um, and this one, neither of them give a performance nearly to that level. And of course, Loki in The Avengers as well is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, neither of them really hit... <laughs> I mean, and I don't think that's on the actors. I think that's just kind of... They were a little confused about the direction they were taking this movie. It's very, which, like, ham-fisted. Which, and like once again, and I think this is a theme that we've had of growing pains. Yeah. We're, yeah. St we're still trying to figure it out. This was probably... I think this would, would be the hardest one to get right. Yeah. Which is interesting because, I mean, it is... They, they, they get it better than the previous two we reviewed, I think. Um, we'll have to see about First Avenger. I haven't seen that in a while, but might get it hit it better than that. Like, just again, the fact that it did ultimately work to bring Thor into this universe. Well, it's because each each of these movies has has one simple goal. Yeah. Get the audience to like the main character. Mm -hmm. Get them to at least like want to see another. Preferably some side characters as well. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what a problem with Thor has been is yeah. that, like this movie, obviously it got us Thor and Loki. But Loki didn't really shine here. That's not really what made us like... We liked we liked Thor because of this movie, and that's about it. Yeah. And that's why in Thor The Dark World, the kind of human stuff was not well-received at all. The, the All the stuff on Earth. Yeah. And, and that kind of left things floundering for a bit until we they just took a completely different creative direction with the, the third one. Um, as opposed to Iron Man, where, like, Gwyneth Paltrow has been around for a while, and, like, obviously um, Don Cheadle is now, like, kind of a, a mainstay. Like, it's... it's been in a lot of the movies and um Happy Hogan has been in some he was in Spider-Man Homecoming yeah I don't remember what he's, he's in all the Iron Man movies is he in all of them yeah. okay yeah 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 that's right so 
Yeah, it, it's like Iron Man establishes that. And But then again, with the Incredible Hulk, none of them carried over until General Ross finally showed back up eventually. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it's just a matter of, like, I think the, the ultimate goal is just make movies that make you like the characters that are in them. This one did not necessarily work with anyone except Thor, but that's all it really needed to work with because he's such a strange character anyway that, like, it was always just setting him up so that he could appear in the Avengers and not be completely ridiculous and, and be able to be integrated into that roster. So, yeah. Um, my best thing, and this, this, this is not a good sign for this movie because our usual rule of thumb is if your best thing about a movie is the score, then it's not a very good movie. So your best thing is Stellan Skarsgård. Yes. Only because I know in Thor the Dark World he gets naked. That's the only... Very naked. Very. (laughs) That's the reason he's my best thing in this film. Correct. Because I I know where his character's going. I know his arc. (laughs) And it's just wonderful to see its beginnings. It's humble (laughs) beginnings. And to just know where it goes. Such a rich character. Dr. Selvig. We can't just jump right into Naked Selvig. We've got to, you got to see that grow. You have to You have to take some time. <laughs> you have to... We can't just get the character we want. We have to take a little while to understand where this character ends up. And it just... You know, it doesn't matter that he just kind of... It just kind of happens. That's, that's, that's organic. That is actually part of the arc. You just... You, it, you're not thinking about it hard enough. Have I ever mentioned that I don't like Thor the Dark World... <laughs> That's never been mentioned before, right? I thought we were talking about The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you've seen The Last Jedi. <laughs> so, my, my, my best thing's gonna be the score. In so much as I, this is my personal favorite score of the entire MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Patrick Doyle. Uh, I know he did the fourth Harry Potter score. Yeah. did something else. I think he did Rise of the Planet of the Apes as well. Um, which, of course, you haven't seen any of those, so... You have Correct. No, you have no uh, bearing. So next project, guys, we're doing all of them. <laughs> That's mildly interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure you want to watch. If we're not allowed to go through the entire Marvel Universe in one go, Marvel Cinematic Universe in one go, then. I, 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 I'm just, I just want to warn you, you're, you don't want to do the Tim Burton plan. I, I knew that's exactly where you're going with it's, that, because that's all I've ever heard about that franchise, is that the Tim Burton one's terrible. I'm talking Scorched Earth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the score for this is genuinely great. Like, I have, like I, I will regularly listen to it, mm. and I was just so giddy. Spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, they bring back the main like Asgardian theme at the very end of the movie, when it's uh-huh. like, oh, he's king of Asgard now. Yeah, They bring it back. And that just got me so giddy because I'm like, somebody remember that this score exists. <laughs> it's not just me. Well, it's interesting to see them start to kind of. How did you feel about the score? Did you even? Oh notice yeah, no, it's great. Did you it, even it, notice it aside from me yeah, saying, no, 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 "Look I at this, listen did. to this"? Um, oh, actually, in the, like a week or two ago, I was listening, like on Spotify, just trying to put together some some like nice tracks from different scores. Yeah. And that just kind of popped up as a suggestion. I was where's like, our, oh, this is actually where's great. our check from Spotify? Boom. <laughs> Uh, actually, I was using um, Napster. Is that is that a thing? Is that a music thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I was like, oh hey, this is actually this is actually really good. Um, 
No, it is. It, yeah, no, I, I noticed it the entire way through. I was like, oh, this gives me some, some emotional it's, oomph. It's, it's very regal and dramatic. Yes. And I think it works very, very well with Thor as a character. Like, it fits, it fits his personality. It'll be interesting to kind of track that as we go along because obviously the Avengers theme has kind of, even though a lot would say that that's kind of a generic score, um, then you can argue that it is. It, it has been used so much that it's become kind of iconic. Yeah. Like throughout all the Avengers movies, and I think, I'm sure well, it gets that's, to play. That's the big problem with Marvel movies. Keep using the themes yeah, over and over again. It doesn't matter if you don't. And people will start yeah. to catch up. The, the problem is they keep switching composers every movie, yeah. every sequel. So I'm really happy. I'm really glad that um, even though Danny Elfman did Age of Ultron, yeah, they still brought back the Alan Silvestri theme. Well, they hired him to come back and add some of the Alan Silvestri yeah. theme into the yeah. score. So originally, I think Tyler Bates. I sure. think he's done like five or six of the Marvel scores. Interesting. Um, but he he did his own thing. But then they brought Danny Elfman on to sort of weave in some Avengers. Yes, which is good elements. because I think. Like hearing that in like the Infinity War trailer, yes, that and know, Alan Silvestri is doing the, yes, the which score is for that. awesome. Um, but oh, but like Alan Silvestri did First Avenger too, really, and there is a Captain America theme in that. Mm-hmm. It's not carried over to any of them, like huh. not in Winter Soldier at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, it's it's that, and it's the Iron Man two. Was that you, yeah. the one you were complaining about? Where they yeah. never bring that back? Yeah, I don't I don't know any music from Iron Man two. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically the Avengers. Right we now. watched that a week ago. I don't even remember what happened in that. Agents movie. of Shield has a pretty good soundtrack. I'm just hoping that you inserted little cricket sounds <laughs> there. It's, it's a good show. I know. I'm not. I'm not questioning <laughs> the quality of the show. I'm just. I don't remember the score of Agents of Shield good for the life of me. For for a cable TV soundtrack, it's pretty good. But yeah, I, 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 it's no Twin Peaks thing. <laughs> That's true. I th- I still hold that this is the best MCU score soundtrack. I was gonna try and do a whole bit there where I just kept distracting you by, by naming other cable shows, no. and then I realized that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's as far as I can take that. Mad Men, Breaking <laughs> Bad, other good shows. I'm talking about like the 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 big cable though, like you know, big pharma, but big cable. Like like ABC and CBS. I think Twin Peaks was on CBS. I could be wrong. Family this. Guy. Yeah. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, my worst thing. I think Doctor Who. <laughs> BBC. That's a big. That's a big cable right there. The Graham Norton Show. <laughs> <laughs> People should watch that. It's pretty funny. Um, Sherlock. Canada. <laughs> Baywatch, <laughs> The Rock, Parks and Zac Efron. <laughs> and now I'm just listening about people that were in that Baywatch movie. I, I realize this. I think I think we're aware. Alexandra Daddario, People, Emily Blunt. I don't think she's in that. Brie Larson. She may as well be in that. <laughs> Um, uh, the other, the other girl. All right, all right, be quiet, two. you. Be quiet, you. Um, my my worst thing I think is gonna be the all the fantasy based fight scenes in the yes. movies. All the stuff where it's just Thor fighting like fist, you know, fist fighting with people mm-hmm. works very well. Like yeah. 
the Shotwell. Scene, the scene where he is trying to get his his hammer mm-hmm. and he's fighting all the shield agents in the rain and he's going going mm-hmm. into their little lab facility thing. That's very well done. Yeah. Like I think that's the best action sequence in the whole movie. Which is good because it's really cool to get a scene with Thor <clears throat> where he's not using his hammer, he's not using any sort of mystical Asgardian stuff. He's just yeah, him him against some humans, and you and getting to see the way that he does fight, and the fact that it's a pretty like brutal yeah. method of fighting. Again, it's it's the fact that they are establishing these characters as like you know, uh, Black Widow versus Thor, for yeah. instance. Like they're very different fight scenes, and of course Iron Man's completely different. But like, it's nice to see that they are giving some some mind to the way these characters yeah. act and with their body language, considering they are playing superheroes, and that's very important. Yeah. And then we get Hawkeye, who just shows yeah. up for a strange cameo. But like, again, like I remember, I remember when this came out, I, I was freaking out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Hawkeye!" He's, like they just got yeah. Hawkeye thrown in there, like just for the heck of it. Like, yeah. and like of course, like the, the the scene at the end, the Cosmic Cube shows up, um, like the the after credit scene. It again goes back to what I was saying. Where Even just, though I don't know if the after credit scene actually makes sense. No, whatever. It's fine. Cosmic <laughs> Cubes. Um, <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård naked. On <laughs> point. Um, no, it's it's exciting to see the, I mean th- that's the best part of watching these at least these early phase one movies I would argue is that we're seeing these easter eggs and plot lines and little like bits and pieces laid out and with the promise that they're eventually going to be paid off like and with, then they do get paid and off. then they get paid off like the infinity gauntlet that shows up in the I think that's in this movie right where yeah. it shows up in, in kind of Odin's hall of treasures yeah and um it's just sitting there in the background yeah just sitting there and like Later on, we see... I mean, obviously, as we go along here, we realize that that's not the Infinity Gauntlet that Thanos has. It's like, what's the deal with that? And we pulled that all the way back full circle with Ragnarok, where Hela, um, in that movie, points out, she's like, oh, this thing is fake. This is, this is just a replica. Yeah. But we're also getting the storyline with the actual Infinity Gauntlet. So it's like, there's just such a, a, a reverence for like the continuity and the characters and the stories and the, the, the MacGuffins of the Marvel Universe. Um and it's great to see that get paid off. Like, it's great to see them actually commit to, like, hey, we're letting these out because we're going to use them. And the fact that Coulson's throughout all of these and then he becomes an important part of the Avengers. Um, yeah. It's just not... Like, it doesn't even necessarily feel like they know exactly where they're going with any of this. It's just, like, we know we want to have these elements and these resources in these movies, so we're, we're going to go ahead and lay them out. And we're going to do it in a way that's not, tip, like, super distracting. Like... Um, I can see how maybe Hawkeye would be if, if you knew who Jeremy Renner was and you're just like why did they just cast Jeremy Renner for that like two second bit part yeah but um, yeah overall it's 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 no it's nice but again they're, they're establishing the, the universe and they're getting the main characters right and yeah. that is ultimately what the purpose of these movies are and for the most part they're doing a pretty good job of it but then you you, you compare a fight scene like that oh, yeah I forgot that was in the middle yeah. <laughs> I just completely cut away from your point there all of the fight scenes where he's like full on Thor and they're using all their Asgardian powers and stuff, they're not yeah. well done. No. And it's not... They're, they're all shot poorly. They're... they're it's not... Yes. it's not And it's not shaky cam, bad editing type stuff. It's more just all the fights are shot way too close and you can't really it's, tell what's going it on. It definitely... I mean, we, you mentioned this. It feels a lot like the same points we had about the first Transformers where it's like... Michael Bay doesn't seem to know exactly. He doesn't know how to integrate the special effects, or he doesn't know what they're going to end up. Yeah, he doesn't. Like. He doesn't have a good eye, good eye for the scale yet. Yeah. Um, so when when like we're getting very 
bad shots of the Transformers. It's like I can't see it. What it was? Yeah, what's it's, happening. it's cut off and everything. Yeah. Um, same idea here, where it, it feels like almost. Maybe Kenneth Branagh like expected to be able to do more with the effects. Like he was just getting these these shots, and he's like, "Oh, we can do, we can fix that in post." And then he realized he's like, "Oh wait, maybe there's there's not actually that much we can do with the effects right well, now just to, like, to fix this kind of film." Well, just like on the opening where it shows the Frost Giants fighting the Asgardians yeah. in like the past. Yeah. Compared to like the opening of Lord of the Rings, where where it's like. The, the, the last free people of Middle Earth or whatever fighting yeah. all the orcs in front of Mordor and then Sauron shows up like that's like that scene's still awesome and this yep. is just like the CGI is not all that great and it looks completely animated like yep. none of it looks real it almost like the, with all the close ups and stuff it looks like something almost out of a sci-fi movie with maybe yeah. a, a little kick up in the budget yeah um definitely doesn't help too that we, we know that in Thor the Dark World, we get basically the exact same thing for a different, yeah, like evil race. Well, that's that's the one thing I will say about Thor the Dark World. As much as I don't like that movie, it is much better shot than this, and yes. I think the action scenes are are much better than this. Which is definitely a a Alan Taylor yeah. Game of Thrones alum thing yeah. going on there for sure. Um, yeah. Which is one thing is that apparently Marvel did. I I don't know exactly what the whole deal behind this was. I don't know if they offered Kenneth Branagh to, to come back or anything, but. Um, they they tried to correct on that. Like I don't know if that was because they were like, oh, fight scenes weren't very good, or if they if they I don't know what the the idea behind that was, but um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see that they, usually that a director who makes a bad movie for, movie for Marvel doesn't get another shot. Yeah. Um. Typically, they they stick with the guys they trust, and then they they bring in new talent. Otherwise, yeah, which is is nice to see, but definitely some shakiness here. Well, it's just the, the thing you would think, like, people are showing up to see. It's like Thor fighting a bunch of fantasy yeah. creatures. And this just is whatever. Yeah. And and his, I mentioned, I was talking about this too early on when he's using his his hammer in those scenes. Like, it's not particularly exciting. Like, it doesn't have much weight to it. He's just kind of swinging around and it looks very flimsy. I mean, yeah. they, got the, the, they got the cool effect, sound effect down, but yeah. it just looks well, unrealistic. <sighs> As opposed to something like Ragnarok, where... Well, it does kind of have the problem of whenever he has the hammer, it's like he's invincible. Yeah. Like, that opening fight scene where they're fighting the Frost Giants, I'm never, like, nervous or worried about him. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, it's early on in the movie, so I'm really... You, you wouldn't out. assume. But yeah. but even, like, when he immediately gets the hammer back and he fights the destroyer armor, he takes it out <laughs> in, like, 30 seconds. And it's like, oh, I thought this thing was supposed to be unbeatable. Yeah. Oh, I guess he has to get up to Asgard to fight Loki because that's where the real fight is. This is kind of whatever. Sort of. This is a distraction. <laughs> yeah. Even though the fight with Loki is kind of sure weird. that third act is yeah, it's kind of weird because yeah, it's like oh, this is Shoyer and like we got the triumphant moment where he gets the the hammer and then yeah. that's kind of and then they like stop after he kills the destroyer. They stop for him to like kind of talk to the humans and he's like I'm going to Asgard and then he goes and and Heimdall just kind of breaks out of ice because movie characters do that. Yeah, because. Thor yelled at him because video game logic. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and then Loki's there and they fight and it's not very good. And then Thor breaks the Bifrost and it's like okay. <laughs> Loki's like, like, if you if you destroy the bridge, you'll never see her again. And I really wanted to just like like trans transport myself like through the TV screen and be like, 
hey, here's the script for Avengers. See you guys in a year. <laughs> so did this and first Avenger come out in 2011? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Was this the first two year for Marvel? MC? Yes. Well, okay. No, no, no. 2008. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, right. Right. So they, it was 2008 and they skipped 2009. Yeah. 2010 was Iron Man 2. Okay. I think the reason I latched onto this movie so hard when I was younger or why it was one of my favorite MCU movies is just because the, the character arc for Thor himself is just so very clear. Mm-hmm. It's I'm never confused about where he's at. <laughs> like where like where his he's a very is. he's a very straightforward character. And the character arc, yes, it is kind of blunt. It's kind of you know simple. Yeah. But it I'm, works. I'm fine with that. I mean, it's yeah. not it's not as layered as like Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. Yeah. But but it's it's. If you're gonna have a simple character arc, have it be simple. Have yes. it be clear. Have it, you know, and it'll work. Where he starts off as just like an immature brat who's about yep. to become king of Asgard, and then Odin realizes, oh, maybe I'm a terrible parent. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't have groomed both of my children. One Odin is like, actually... I'm a terrible parent. I should punish my child for this. <laughs> I should punish only one of them. The, the real problem, I should punish the good child for this. The only problem was he didn't punish both of them. Correct. Should if he had exiled both of them to Earth. Yeah. We could have gotten a nice storyline maybe about like Loki in Australia or something. And then like yeah, something. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but I I don't like Odin in these movies. And <laughs> I think part of the problem is I don't know how to feel about him. Like I don't know what yep. the director or the writers what their intent is. Am I supposed to think, oh, he's a good leader? Oh, he's a good father? You know, it's a, obviously it's very difficult because the, the Loki's kind of psychopath, but, you know, it's, it's, it comes with the job. He's, he's a good guy, ultimately. Or am I supposed to be like, oh, Odin's just like a buffoon. He's just like a violent buffoon <laughs> who's a terrible father. Like, I don't know what the read is supposed to be. And I think that gets even more confusing when we move forward. Because I think there's... Yep. I think, like, especially when we get to Ragnarok and it turns out there's a whole bunch of shady history with, with uh, Odin. I'm like, there's already shady history with Odin. <laughs> this isn't new. Yep. I, if, if, if anybody else other than Anthony Hopkins were playing Odin, I think all of us would be like, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> no. And even stop. Anthony Hawkins is kind of hamming it up. Like he'll he really do, is. He'll, Again, with the acting performance is very strange. Like, he'll like just talk randomly, and then he'll just yell, and, like, his... Like, just... I don't know if it's just... Should like have the, been Michael Shannon. The, <laughs> the, like, just his pronunciation, like, when he when he's, like, just saying things while yelling. Who would you cast as Odin to make this interesting? I mean, I like Anthony Hawkins. No, no, no. no. I'm, saying, I'm saying, like, who's your, who's your go-to? Like, your... Mar- Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> okay... Counterpoint, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Counterpoint, since she's not a part of this universe anymore, Liv Tyler! <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> we have Nicolas Cage and Liv Tyler have a child. And then we wait, we just put a halt on the whole universe. <laughs> For 60 years until the child is old enough to play with him. 60 years? Yes. Did you say 60 or 16? 60. Okay. Not 16. Come on now. Old enough to play Odin. I'm confused. 
are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, Odin. <laughs> but yeah, Odin banishes Thor, and then Thor, like, he gets humbled. He realizes, oh, I'm not worthy. Maybe I've made some horrible mistakes. And then he actually latches onto the human characters around him. He kind of learns what it means to be human and like what it means to be, you know, just like a normal citizen, I guess. Uh, and then he's willing to sacrifice himself and he gets his power back. And then he learns to not be such a jerk. I was going to say something like mm -hmm. not PG just then. And <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I don't want to undermine your point. But counterpoint, will I am. <laughs> let's just let's just get both him and Fergie. They'll both give performances. We'll just CGI them together. There's a special place in hell for things you did, Thor. <laughs> I don't know what to make of any of this. <laughs> cool and I know this is because he gets casted for everything what if Brian Cranston played Odin yeah that's actually yes and I know I, I know fan casting wise he gets cast for everything yes but because I, I, he could play just about everything yeah I think that would have been there's cool. a reason for that yeah no I agree mostly because he's got an intensity that Anthony Hopkins yes. doesn't really yes I agree he's got a he's got an intimidation like I, factor like I, I could be him Anthony Hopkins obviously he can be creepy yeah we've seen that before but as far as I mean, he 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 looks the part at least. Like I yeah. mean, he 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 looks the way Odin should look. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah. It, it does feel like he's kind of out of his element. Where Brian Cranston, yeah, I think he could be very well because explosive Brian, and intimidating. Brian, Brian can, Cranston can be both like really super intense yeah. and more laid back. Like yeah. he can do both which is which is easy. why you see him getting fan cast for all these people like Luther and Doom and. Who else? Like just the every powerful Zordon. Sure. Oh wait, that actually happened. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, you see. Him Do you remember fantastic. when we did um, no. our New Year's special uh, before twenty seventeen, and I said Power Rangers was one of my most anticipated movies. Like we each of us did like our top three most anticipated. I said Power Rangers, and I said it's probably going to be bad, but I really want to see it. I never saw it. But apparently it was... Not very good. Apparently it was okay. I was going to say it was fine? Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. Kind of like Thor. It, it, it can't be as good as Thor, right? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's go watch it right now. All right, let's go watch it. All right. No, 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 no. Do, no, a, we, do we, a review. No, we got we to gotta watch... We gotta watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie and Turbo a Power Rangers movie first. That way we can we we feel justified. And then we'll. I thought you were gonna say we gotta watch the Mighty Ducks and then D two the Mighty Ducks and then D three the Mighty Ducks and then D three the Mighty Ducks and then the entire animated Mighty Ducks show Correct. that has nothing to do with the Mighty Ducks movies. And then like Darkwing Duck is that a thing? And then Mickey's Once and Twice Upon a Christmas. Yes, and also. The Christmas Carol and the Muppets Christmas Carol and the original Peter Pan movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's our that's our that's our review schedule for the next next couple of months. That's we laid it out right there. Those are the episodes. Crap! I didn't write those down. <laughs> that's We're, fine. We got it on tape. It's fine. 
We're not going back and listening <laughs> to this. Are you kidding me? We're going to wing it. We're going to dark wing, duck wing it. Get out. <laughs> I guess I completely messed That's up. That's what we'll be doing after all that. We'll be reviewing Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to be reviewing the Oscars. Like, not like a review like we're going to talk about the Oscars as far as like, oh, here's who want. We're going to review the production of the Oscars. F. We're talking about the acting. We're talking about the presentation. F. We're talking about the videos that are presented to us. F. I don't like the Oscars. So I'm thinking <laughs> we should break the rest of this conversation down between the Asgard stuff and the Earth stuff. That seems like the most logical thing for me. Okay. So what do you think about the Asgard <laughs> stuff? Um, we're really trying here, we folks. Haven't, we haven't really talked about, I think, the... The overall kind of shininess and artificialness of the of Asgard and like the costumes and everything. My problem isn't so much the the design of it all; it's just the way it's lit. Yeah. The design is very very comic book, straight off the '60s comic book pages. Um, not necessarily it's the exact same design, but in the sense that that it looks like it could come right out of a comic like that, like a Jack Kirby comic. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. It just doesn't... Yeah, the production overall is just not very well done in a way that makes it look good. I don't know. It, it, like, I feel like that's something... I mean, it's very difficult to, to try and pull something like that off. But I, I feel like there, it could I have think, been done I different. think if they color corrected it right in editing, well, we wouldn't if, have Even if it was just, I think, a little more metallic than shiny. Yeah. Because the way it is, it looks, it looks almost like... Well, like, if, you, if you look at um, Heimdall, Idris Elba, yeah. if you look at his costume, um, it looks like a plastic Halloween costume. Yes. It doesn't look right. Yes. And I feel like if, if they'd made it, I don't know, just give it some sort of weight, because it's just, yeah, it's it's not quite there. Do you remember the controversy when they cast Idris Elba? No. Because they were like, oh, as Guardians, they're all white people, we can't have a black guy. Remember the that controversy when they cast a girl who also looks like a man as person in Doctor Strange? <laughs> Tilda Swinton! Oh yeah! Um, and then no one like actually ended up caring after that? <laughs> you remember when Michael B. Jordan was cast as the Human Torch and then nobody saw that movie? Except for us. We saw that. We, we did see that. One of the best theater going experiences. It's almost ever. like the movie itself matters a lot more than making controversial casting choices. Like Carrie Fisher is Luke Skywalker in Star Wars: The Last. That's Jedi. correct. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's just trying too hard to subvert our expectations. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we need to talk about that movie. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um. My problem with it isn't necessarily the design. I do genuinely think if they recolorized it in editing, yeah. it wouldn't be nearly as much of yeah. a problem. My problem is more just you have this nice, fancy, pretty-looking city, mm. and then you barely use it, and it yeah. looks like nobody actually lives in it. Yeah, it's got, everyone lives in like the main hole, and that's it. It's got There's a similar. No... It's it's got a Star Wars prequels kind yes. of vibe to it, but at Very least so. at least There's, in those there are like ships kind of flying around. The yeah, well, like we constantly see like traffic in the background. Yeah. This is just like nothing. Yeah. No one and, ever... and the, well, that's that's the problem you run into when you have your origin story is a fish out of water thing. Yes. Because 
you're, you just automatically are not given enough time to really explore the <sighs> fantasy elements. I almost feel like it would be way more effective if this movie didn't show any Asgard until the end. Like, if, if this movie was just, like, they find Thor on Earth. Like, it's the opening where they, they run into, like, there's a, th- a thunderstorm and they... Yeah. Maybe not make it quite as, like, mystical of a thunderstorm. It's just, like, a thunderstorm. Maybe you, you can tell something weird's going on. They hit Thor, and they're like, what the heck? And then it's all about Thor, like, learning to live live on Earth. And like and, then... and you treat it like a mystery. Like, is he actually yeah, a crazy so that's person what I'm saying. Like, you're trying to figure out, oh, is, it, is like he just, like, you're, super like powerful? Like, you're discovering it along with the, like, Natalie Portman yes, himself. Yes, again. like, Thor's convinced that he, uh, like, he's like, no, I'm Thor. And then, like, you're trying, or the, the we're trying to figure out, well, maybe he's just, like, a super soldier like that like he's a Captain America kind of thing or like you know maybe, like maybe you even have Selvig present that where he's like well maybe this is actually yeah. like you know a, something like that and and then go from there and then like at the end you know when he finally he tries to pick up the hammer and the hammer he can't pick the hammer up and it's like oh well okay so clearly this isn't Thor or something like that yeah and then at the end and maybe he has amnesia so he doesn't know but then like at the end he's like and hammer and pimpy bobbity boo Thor. <laughs> That's what the movie's called. It's yes. Bippity Bobby Thoo, a Thor story. <laughs> Trademark Disney. Colon, a Peter Pan story. <laughs> faith, trust, and Thor's hammer. <laughs> but you gotta say it like, faith, trust, and Thor's hammer. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so the Earth stuff. Well, do, do we want to talk about the Warriors 3 and Sif real quick? Not really. And Thor's mother? I don't no. even remember her name. Froyo? Fro- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw my opportunity. No, it was just it was there. I was not expecting that. <laughs> okay. I got you back for the Peter Pan thing. It's fine. <laughs> A Peter Pan story. It's fine. Disney, we're we're just giving you all sorts of ideas, okay? They are paying us. Well, they're paying you. That's correct. And stealing your checks. It's called fraud. They've actually called the FBI on you several times, and they don't. They don't. They're not. They don't return your calls. sure i just kind of put in a number and i assumed it was the fbi i don't actually know if it is oh who's this tyler oh so that's how he feels about the last jedi don't call him back <laughs> don't the call the suspense it's building <laughs> how do we feel tune in not next week we'll get to it eventually after the peter pan review it, yeah it's not the line yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the movie suffers greatly by not fleshing out any of Thor's supporting cast. Correct. They're just kind of there. I believe her name is actually Freya, by the way. Or Frey? Frey. Fr- Fr- no, Frey. I'll check. Whatever. I'm her name fairly certain it's not actually Froyo, just in case you, anybody was wondering. See, I, I was <laughs> genuinely concerned. <laughs> like they doing these impressional kids but like putting, putting a dairy product is the name of a of a, a powerful woman character what this 
What has the world come to? Why are you still talking? <laughs> oh boy. Where are we here? <laughs> but I, I think the movie suffers greatly by not really fleshing them out and having them be real characters. And I think that becomes a problem a little bit in the next one as well. Frigga! Yeah, okay. Good enough. Froyo. It's the same thing, really. Yes. Not to be confused with Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mike. That was, that was good. We're, we're going to adjust the mic here because it just <laughs> fell over. It was very disappointed in us. <laughs> it saw The Last Jedi too, and it does not care about what you have to say about it. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give the Mike's opinion on The Last Jedi away there. I was concerned. See, if I give it away, then that might give, give our opinions away. I don't know. No. It's your things. I mean, technically, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand what's confusing about this. I don't have to think through it a second. It's fine. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just it's just very strange how you would expect the first movie <laughs> to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'd expect the first movie to kind of build up Thor's world that way yeah. we can use his characters effectively in sequels and then it's just I mean that's what yeah that's kind of what I'm talking about is that the 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 world building for his supporting cast is not very effective and then they completely replace him in the third movie basically like they, they just replace everybody in the third movie and they're just like alright this is his supporting cast now except for Loki but like yeah that bothers me I mean I get that but at the same time I think it's it's a good way to be like this is a different Thor movie because well, clearly yeah, it, people it, are not responding to the hard, way it's hard for me to blame Ragnarok yeah because neither this nor the Dark World do a good job of really yes. and I would argue that the characters in Ragnarok I mean there's really only one new character yeah that's a set well there's a couple I guess you could argue but they, they are they're, I would argue that they're infinitely more interesting and yeah. likable than well, any of the guys okay. established in these first two Sif should be the love interest to yeah. Thor right yeah. I can agree with that. But again, they don't do a whole lot with her throughout this, so that, like... Or are you saying in this movie, specifically? I'm saying in all of them. Yeah, like, Natalie Portman should never be a deal. Or, like, she should be a big deal to him, and then you find a way to write her out. Yeah. Like, you can never see her again. Because <laughs> you destroyed the pipe frost. Oh. Your actions have consequences, you hack. Actually, Joss Whedon walks out on the bike and just stop right there, Loki. Loki, what we got yeah, here? He, he does the, the uh, Jack Nicholson Joker 1989 thing where he, he he moves the TV screen. Yes, and it's just like, hi, I'm Joss Whedon. Here's the script for the next Avengers movie. You're welcome. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming, and then it just goes back. <laughs> Loki just like, what happened? That was some weird footage. <laughs> um. But no, uh, and I feel like I remember also thinking about towards the Dark World. I remember th looking at the commercial or the trailers for that and thinking, "Oh, kind of seems like they might end up killing Jane off in this yeah. movie." And then they don't. But then they might as well have after. Yeah. <laughs> after that movie, so I don't know. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Jane. I She's just... good. She, I mean, specifically because Natalie performing. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman gives a good performance. Try saying that. 
Five times. Billy Barton picked a pack of pickle peppers. <laughs> picked a pack of Peter Pan pickle peppers. Well, I, it, it's hard because automatically we're just going, yeah, she's giving a solid performance because what we have to compare it to is the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> this is true. Where it's just like, oh, she has, she has some semblance of her personality. <laughs> a plus. She's not delivering all of her dialogue like this. Oh, is that Keira Knightley? <laughs> Actually, it's Emily Blunt. Oh my god. And or Brie Larson. <laughs> and or Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yes. That, yeah, that, her. No, it's They're Daisy. No, it's Daisy Ridley. No, that's not. It does, that's, that's not, it's not part of it, no. Carrie Fisher? <laughs> Mark, yes. Mark Campbell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you seen Star Wars The Last Jedi? <laughs> Hugh Jackman? He's the he's the villain in the most recent pan reboot. Come on now. Oh, you made it connect. <laughs> Why did you make it connect? Oh. This might be the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> or, counterpoint, this might be the best episode we've ever done. Disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Alright, let's talk about the Earth stuff, I guess. Um... I feel like, and, and the one, your best thing, where they talk about the difference between magic and science. Yeah. I feel like that should have been more of what the movie's about. Instead yes. of just brought up two or three times yeah. and then just exactly. ignored. I agree. Because, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. But it, it should, I mean, and that what we get is enough to be like, okay, so there's the gods and they're on, okay, yeah. they exist. Cool. Um, but yeah, and it could have treated more like aliens, okay, water. Yes. It could have been more set up so that we kind of understand how this works with relation to you know the fact that they are gods and you know yeah. um yeah i don't know it, it's yeah I, I agree that could have been there are a lot of ways you could have taken this i think they kind of settle for a bland sort of middle route that doesn't really yeah commit to anything you know super thoughtful it's just sort of yeah it's good enough right um which is probably the best way to define this movie is good enough. It did the job. It's funny when it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. The the a lot of the fish out of water stuff is fish out of water stuff is good. It's weird that Shield is worked into the story like a possible antagonist. Yeah. When we've already had two movies of them being the good guys. Yes. But it's also kind of neat, and it does set up a nice moment at the end where 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 he's talking to Colson. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I do love the yeah, son of Cole thing as yeah. well. That's that's beautiful. I don't know how like, I'm really curious where that came in. If that was just like a quirk that someone on working on this movie was like, oh, that'd be fun. Um, but that's beautiful. Um, also, it's just nice to have Coulson. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's nice to have a character who's been in. Was Coulson in? No, Coulson wasn't in Incredible Hulk. No. Well, he was in the both Iron Man. Iron Man. He's in Iron Man one and two and. That was in this, and it's nice to, to get that sort of continuing character so that he actually matters in Avengers. Again, we're setting up long-running supporting cast members for this universe who can potentially go on to star in other roles. Right. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so it's, you know... Again, the movies are doing what they need to be doing even if they're not particularly spectacular. Right. I don't know how to feel about it. It's just kind of yep. there. 
it was it was just a very strange watching experience it, because it was so, especially it didn't help that you and me were not focused on the movie at all. We were talking about Last Jedi for a good portion of it. <laughs> but I think that may also I think that was a lot to do with the fact that we were like we we kind of know the ins and outs of this movie pretty yeah. well. It's just you know it doesn't have a lot of surprises to throw at you. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't really catch you off guard. You don't there's not a whole lot to to pick up on 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 rewatches. It's just sort of. For me, really, it's it's Thor's arc, it's the humor, and it's um, the score. That's yeah. that's really all yeah. the movie has it works. for me. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So so we've had we're, we reviewed four of these movies so far. Correct. Um, how would you say this compares to the the kind of build up? I don't know. I just, I just kind of want to talk about this in contrast with the DCU and, and try to like talk. I mean, I'm not even like an A. Oh, we need to bash the DCU here. But I want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I legitimately. I'm wanna... a broken, defeated man. <laughs> Justice League was terrible. Let's move on with no, our No, but I, I legitimately want to kind of discuss. So, so this is the first four. Okay, so there are five DCU movies so far. Sure. Yes, but the fifth there. one was Justice League. Yes, there. So, so this is the first four. It even kind of works because like one one was a sequel to another, and you know, four four number <laughs> compare. We're gonna talk about Fan Four Stick now. Go. <laughs> I'd rather watch that than Justice League. No, but really, like, I I want to talk about for a second. I'm why not kidding? Why? <laughs> The DC well, maybe I am. did I not know. did not work particularly well. Justice League's probably funnier, but like in an ironic way. Yeah, maybe. Why did the DCU not work as well as these first four, despite the fact that we have not had any sort of glowing reviews of these so far? I'm raising my hand to those of you who aren't viewing this right now. I'm waiting for Tyler to call on me. <laughs> oh, that hurt. <laughs> Um, um, professor, uh, uh, we like the protagonists in the Marvel movies. But why? Because we understand where they're coming from. We know their motivations, their their goals, their dreams, what what they want out of life. So and, let me uh, ask this. And uh, uh, they got humor. They've got charisma. They got moxie. Um, but there's that Marvel humor, and you can't use that as a strength for the Marvel movies. Wonder Woman was pretty funny. Negative five points. Wonder Woman was pretty funny. Negative. Six points. Do you bleed? <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the funniest joke in all Batman vs Superman. The... Do you bleed? Because <laughs> he does. I need, I need Batman vs Superman with like a Seinfeld like <laughs> the laugh intro track. And a, yeah, the laugh track and the Seinfeld like. <laughs> like oh. No, I. I Oh, we need that. Because you know that, like, the end of every episode, some goofy happens, does, like, a freeze frame, and then does the music, yes. and does the credits? They need to do that. But when Amy Adams runs into it, it's his mommy's name. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, like, executive producer Zack Snyder. <laughs> and, like, it freeze frames on Ben Affleck's Batman looking just horribly confused. <laughs> I wanted to have a serious discussion, I promise. <laughs> so, so, how, 
Have I ever said to anyone ever on this planet that I'm not the biggest fan of Batman versus Superman? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. See, you subverted so, my expectations. Com- compared, You're a regular we, old Ryan Johnson. <laughs> correct. We've established... Uh, we've established... For those of you who don't know, Ryan Johnson directed 2017's <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi. So we've established that the Marvel movie, these four Marvel movies so far do have, so far, do have more kind of generally charismatic protagonists, maybe because of the actors, maybe because of the, the writing in general. How does the, the structure of the movies, do you think, compare overall? Like, if, if, the, if the DCU actors were giving similar performances and were, were being written similarly, where they were a little more upbeat, they were a little more easy to invest in, easy to get emotionally... Oh, you mean invested. they acted like heroes? Sure, yeah. And not I mean, a bunch that's, of... That's what, that's what I'm saying, is like, would you, would you think... And not a bunch of homicidal, sociopathic jerks? Sure. Do you think that they would... They Looking would, at you, Mr. Hope... Dun, 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 dun. Hope. What's oh no! Do, do you think that that the the actual like the surrounding material compares in that sense? Like, do you think that those movies would would be as significantly less problematic than these are kind of considered to be? Because I kind of think there is an element of these movies are honestly not trying nearly that hard. They're yeah. they're really just saying, okay, you know, we're setting up these characters and they're just going well, on an adventure well, against Well, the that's villain. the thing. They're not trying to be like art house superhero movies in a way that yes. I feel like Zack Snyder's trying to go for with Man yes. of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Like, he's, he's clearly trying to go for something more ambitious. Yes. Whereas these movies kind of know what they are. Yeah. And they're also not rushing headlong towards the Avengers, I would argue. Um, well, other than... Some people argue Iron Man two, but that's really and, just like the end. Yeah, scene. I get th- I get that for the end scene of Iron Man two. Um, other than that, I would kind of disagree. But yeah, it's it feels like if you didn't know kind of the upcoming movie slate, you wouldn't know that there was an Avengers movie coming out. You'd be like, oh, so there's kind of some connective tissue, and yeah. like we're you know, oh, they're talking about the Avengers initiative, so like clearly that's something that's happening down the line. I don't think you would realize just how close you were to that. As opposed to, say, Batman Superman, where it's like, oh, we are clearly trying to get the Justice League up now. Well, well plus, it, like, with, with that, it's, it's just super cynical. Because you yeah. go to, like, oh, you got the YouTube trailers for each a character that they're not willing to give their own origin movie yeah. to. And it's, it's just, like, super shallow, despite trying to be, like, an art house yeah. ambitious type thing. Where it's like, oh, these, these are real movies. These are, like, director's films. They're yeah. not just popcorn movies it's not your 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 flavor of the week ant-man <laughs> although I, I, and I, I, I will hold hold myself to this if i like superman and batman and batman versus superman i don't care how dumb that script is i don't care how terrible yeah. that story is i automatically give it brownie points because it gets the characters right and exactly I, and i like that, them both. that's kind of what i'm getting at is i don't want to get into like dc bashing and be like because eh, we do that all the time and, and that's just kind of we, we have a heavy dislike for those movies and it's hard for us not to be to bring those up when we can. Other but I, than Wonder Woman, which I probably graded too high. <laughs> I think you graded it too low. Um, well, that's interesting too, because like, so so it was Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, right? That was the order. Yes. yes. So it's interesting that like, I mean really since Incredible Hulk almost doesn't count anyway, it would almost be like, you can almost like line them up where it's like, Man of Steel and BBS are Iron Man, Iron Man 2, 
Thor, Suicide Squad, compare Wonder Woman to Captain America because Wonder Woman and Captain America are both like period pieces. Aside um, from the the uh, Thor Suicide Squad. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is that that's interesting that that is the one where I feel like Thor grades out so much. Like the one movie that grades out so much higher than the other, just because we really did not like Suicide Squad very much, and and I think it's fundamentally maybe one of, maybe the worst movie in the DCU, just like on a technical level. Um, that Superman mustache, though. <laughs> that's very true. That's very very true. Um, I'd take I'd take Enchantress over over that. But it is interesting that like even though we kind of have this perception that that DCU sort of rushed into things, they still Although, ended up taking about the same amount of time. Suicide Squad had Jared Leto Joker. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ooh, um, it did win an Oscar for best makeup design though, and it earned it. Definitely, there were no other movies that year that could have possibly deserved that whatsoever. Star Trek Beyond's what a terrible film. Correct. I like that movie. <laughs> I think we, I think we both do. But yeah, no, it's interesting that we we still spent about the same amount of movies to get to the point of the the big team up. But it feels like we took because I mean one of the movies wasn't even like. One of the, the DCU movies wasn't even establishing one of our main characters. Batman Superman never really established Batman. Wonder Woman and Man of, or Superman did get their own kind of establishing things. And I think Man of Steel is actually kind of pretty comparable to some of these where it's like it's not perfect by any means. It's a little bit messy. Um, and it's definitely trying to be more, like you were saying, kind of trying to be more art house and, yeah. and stylistic or whatever. But even then, I think it would have worked fine if they'd gotten Superman better yeah. as a character. It, I think that would have been a if perfect... If you made Superman a little bit more like Superman and you decreased the collateral damage significantly, or, that movie would be fine. Or even, you know, made made it, made it gesture that we were getting real Superman soon instead of just kind of having him pop out of nowhere in Justice League. Yeah. Um, with a weird mustache effect. It's interesting. It really is. To, to see how... For, for all... I don't know. For all the DCU's problems, they still... They really did have time to, to kind of course correct. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, the problem is they didn't have a plan. Yeah. Marvel has a game plan. Yeah. Even the movies that don't work, they're like, okay, well, we can, we can finagle this so it gets makes it yes, work. Well, well, they, they Case do... in point, the one shot that we watched that yes. comes with the Thor... I, I, assume, I don't know if it's on the actual DVD or not. We have the Blu-ray, so... I think it's... I think they're specifically on the Blu-rays, I thought. Oh, I don't know. I, I want to say that's what they're made for. Um, The Consultant, yes. which retcons the... It's not an after credit scene, but the very end scene of The Incredible Hulk where Tony Stark goes to visit General Ross. Mm. It retcons that and has it make sense. Yes. Where they purposely... S.H.I.E.L.D. purposely sends Tony in so that... They don't release the abomination and have him be a part of the Avengers. Like yes. he's specifically sent there to piss off General Ross. Yes, and to make sure that General Ross rejects the the yes. offer. That's great. Which makes a lot because like, but otherwise it's just sort of like, oh, okay, why is Tony Stark going to talk to this yeah. guy? Like, why? So, well, yeah. especially when it turns out that they don't really want Iron Man as a part of the Avengers. Yeah, so why is exactly. he being sent there? Exactly. And it's like, oh, he's the consultant because yeah. they mention that at the end of Iron Man 2 how they just want him in a consultant position yes they really do take the best parts of the movies they, that don't work and they're kind of like alright let's yeah. pull the I mean like Don Cheadle gets more of a role yeah. as these movies go on 
Um, even though Iron Man, like he was introduced in Iron Man two, you know, it's it's that sort of. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the the, the well, guy even... from who's who's the senator or whatever from Iron Man two. Oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, but he ends up kind of having more of a role. Like they get they get the parts that work, and then yeah. they kind of just even like look at Loki. I think if this were the only movie he was in, and if he died at the end of this uh-huh. movie, nobody would be talking about. Uh huh. But the fact that we get him more and we're able to flesh him out, do this with more of your villains, Marvel. Yeah. And I think they're I think bring, they're trying to kind of bring get that back point. Red Skull. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Hugo Weaving because Hugo Weaving's kind of. He doesn't care. So well, that's what's interesting is that he's caked in makeup. Who he's got prosthetics all over him. Just that's, recast. That's him. what's interesting is that the little end credit scene at the end um, that doesn't make sense really. Sure, um, but they mentioned something about dimensions, and they're talking about the cosmic key, which yeah. I guess maybe they just didn't know what they were going to do with that in First Avenger by this point. But still, like, kind of interesting to wonder if they're ever going to try and bring him back because I, I think that is a, definitely an opportunity to do something. We'll see. But I think they're... I mean, obviously, like, Daniel Brule survives... Excuse me. Civil War. Spoilers. Um, yeah. And and so that sort of thing. I, I think they're trying to move that direction, and we'll kind of talk about that as we go along here, but... Yeah. And it, it again, kind of goes back to establishing a supporting cast where you can just draw on these resources kind of as we go along. Continuity matters. Yes. Like, like when it needs to. It's, it's not... We're gonna resurrect Superman. Hey, why didn't he have a huge gaping hole in his chest from where Doomsday shanked him? Let's not think about it. Reshoots. It's fine. It's fine. That would have been pretty great if there was just a giant mustache across his chest. That's where they that's where they stuck it. On my world it means hope. <laughs> so what is what's your final grade for Thor? I'm gonna go C. And that's the same grade I gave to Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. All of them have different degrees of like like they have different things wrong with them but I think ultimately they end up being just kind of average which once again what did I give the other two sorry you give them both C minuses which once again giving a movie a C is not necessarily a bad thing yeah especially like I'll watch all these movies again like they're all entertaining enough but we're not quite at the 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 point in Marvel's timeline where Kevin Feige really has full control of the situation. Yeah. He's really steering the ship and he, he's got like a hundred percent idea of what he's doing. Yeah, and he's he's got his his kind of delegations to, yeah. and the particular directors that he's trusting and Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um but yeah, I'm going to see. I think I'm gonna just say the same. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it like above the other two. I I think that this one has less problems but maybe maybe also less nice things like the, the highs are not quite as high yeah um but overall the lows are not nearly as low special shout out this movie also includes a Foo Fighters song I wish more of these movies did stuff like this especially because I really like it's called Walk um if you actually listen to the song it actually like it relates relates really well to Thor's arc sure and I wish they did that more like obviously with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies that's kind of their shtick yeah. which is great but I wish the movies did that instead of just relying on these bland scores that don't get used in subsequent yep. movies you're not wrong I don't know I agree <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll see you all next time for our review oh, of the Power Rangers movie did we break an hour? 
I'm amazed. See, when we started, he, really, he, I mean, there's he like, thought we were going to talk for like 20 minutes. There, there, there is about 20 minutes of Thor content in this podcast. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Thor was the framework with which we discussed. Right. So, when you watched, started this podcast and you saw the runtime was two and a half hours, you were thinking to yourself, that seems weird. Why are they talking about Thor for two and a half hours? Well, lucky for you, we're sneaking in a review of Star Wars <laughs> The Last Jedi. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're going to review Star Wars The Force Awakens again no, first. I, thought you, I was going to say, no, we're going to review the holiday special. Yep. That's it. Or we'll just leave on a bunch of blanks, blank air, air time for I think the next hour and a half. That's the best idea. Except we're, we're going to actually sneak in. That's how we're going to actually sneak in The Last Jedi review. Is it's going to be like, there's going to be silence for like half an hour. It's going to be some random time. And, yeah. then, and then we're just going to dive right in. It's just going to start. And it's gonna it's gonna last five minutes. We're gonna like condense all the, the audio, so it's just like. Shoo. Why porks? Why not porks? That's our review of the Last Jedi, <laughs> folks. We don't need to do it. That, that's I'm literally all. when we get when we do get around to doing the Last Jedi review. I'm literally just gonna snip this audio and I'm gonna stick it in. <laughs> and I'm gonna release it, and that's gonna be it. I may actually do that that Monday and just like put in like in like a two minute or a two second podcast and just say that's our Star Wars last Jedi review. And the thing <laughs> you can find us uh, online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can find us on the iTunes and the YouTubes uh, with Here Come the Sequels by searching that those words in sequence in the box where you go so you go on the internet right <laughs> what's the internet so like so so way back in like the 90s there was this thing called arpanet and that was <laughs> would you hate me if i just turned it off right here <laughs> we can find us on twitter and hct sequels and so arpanet this was like a university thing where like they were <laughs> They were trying to like like have like a data network that they used to you know kind of connect with each other, and they were running. It was it was you know it's all based on like wires. Like there is a physical like kind of infrastructure to the internet where you've got these servers and they're they're running the wires and everything, and they sort of kind of expanded from this university network into into a full spread. You know like oh let's do the the whole internet. They combine a couple of different of these these you know the, the arpanets and such. And see see the, guys, he 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 won't stop talking regardless. So I may as well force you all to listen to this too. Oh, hey, he stopped. All right. Uh, stay broke, everybody. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and ask uh, Alex to end this so that I can continue explaining um, the origins of the internet to him. No, nope. if I leave it on, then you won't talk then, if that's the rules we're going by. Okay. I'm okay with this. You can just sit yeah. here and never leave. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You underestimate my patience. Unlimited <laughs> patience. <laughs> then you just pull in a TV, and you pull, pull in... Uh, like a Blu-ray player and you just plug in Batman vs. Superman. Oh, wait, never mind. Gotta go. <laughs> so about that internet. <laughs> Alright, everybody. Next week we'll be back, hopefully with a more focused review of Captain America the First Avenger. <sighs> I think we'll have more to say about that. But, but just hopefully we won't be talking about the last Jedi for most of it. That's my fault, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna say that's okay. fully yeah. 100%. Okay. Not gonna take any blame for that. Okay. Cool. Stay rogue, everybody. <laughs> Sorry about that. All of it. <laughs>